You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Hello again, everyone. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm your host, Doug Thorpe. Today, we're going to continue a journey in talking a little bit about finding purpose and your why to help you scale and grow a business. And my guest is a gentleman named Jim Sabellico. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Doug. I'm uh, happy to be here. Yeah, likewise. uh, Happy to have you. I uh, have been talking to Jim as we've kind of gotten ready here, and this whole question of knowing your why is an interesting one. It's, um, on one hand, it's something that Simon Sinek made popular. It's hard to believe his original TED Talk is now 13 years old, and uh, a lot of the books and articles and things that have been created since then have launched uh, people on various journeys. Uh, I have been a big fan of helping people figure out their sense of purpose in helping uh, everything from starting a business to making a job change or doing a job search. There's just so much to be said for understanding your own personal purpose. So. With all of that said, Jim, give us a little bit of background and how is it that you kind of got to this place in your own thinking about what you do now to help people? Sure. Uh, Yeah. So um, I guess we can bring it back to where I first started my entrepreneurial journey at the ripe age of eight. Uh, I started cutting grass around the neighborhood. And uh, as an eight-year-old kid, I had about four or five different customers at the time and I took it seriously and uh, I was making a couple hundred bucks and as an eight-year-old kid that was great to have money in the 90s like that with I mean I had no expenses I was eight Uh, so I had that feeling of freedom and I can go to the store and buy whatever toy I wanted and do all this stuff and it was great and I and I got addicted to that feeling of freedom and uh I eventually moved on to other ventures and businesses and all sorts of odds. Uh, but what wound up happening was I got really addicted to that feeling of freedom and success, uh, as I thought it at the time uh, of financial success and achieving things in the business realm. And um, there was a, a period of time where I, I pursued that version of success as money, house, car, things like that as the traditional definition that you see people bragging about on social media as this is what makes me successful. And um, it took a difficult life experience, a bit of a wake-up call to really get to the point where I realized that's not success. Uh, That's actually far from it. Uh, Success is more being present in your family, in your house, in your community. Uh, really aligning with your purpose, your why, and, and trying to figure out, I'm doing all these things, but what legacy am I leaving? And uh, ultimately, if I were to if I were to die tomorrow, I could leave my family with money, a house. That stuff could also be gone in an instant. But the lessons that I leave with them, the legacy I leave in my family, in my businesses, in my community, that stuff, that stuff will live forever. No one can take that away. Uh, so I really started 
pursuing that uh, a bit more uh, intentionally. And uh, that's kind of how we wound up here. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So wh where do you begin when you meet somebody new that maybe is interested in having a question about what they should be doing to determine their sense of purpose? Where, where do you begin that work with them? Um, I think the starting place is really trying to just establish a good open communication and the trust to be able to go deep enough to understand what they really are after in life. Um, a lot of people are afraid to be vulnerable. So they're, they're a bit protected in the conversations they have. And they're going to tell you, Hey, this is what's important to me because they're afraid to tell you they're really seeking approval from their dad that they never got when they were a kid. Or uh, there's a lot of uh, deeper things that people are often afraid to open up about because they think that they're the only one who has that issue or uh, it's a stigma or whatever it's going to be. So really starting with just establishing that relationship and getting them to understand that I personally care about them as a person and their success more so than just uh, another customer on my bottom line. So I think that's, that's really the, the place to start from is establishing that uh, mutual respect. Yeah. As, as many of my listeners know, I've, I've talked about uh, an opportunity I had back in 2008 when the Great Recession hit and there were such high unemployment rates. People who had never lost jobs were being given pink slips and sent out the door. And, you know, it was a major crisis in many, many people's lives. And that that sense of loss because their whole identities were blown up by losing the job that they had worked so hard to to build um that's what really opened my eyes to this idea of of finding a better purpose and helping other people do that i feel like i've pretty well lived most of my life with a with a purpose-driven sense about me but i realized how many other people don't have that and what how significant it can be to to get in touch with that and change it. And one of the things I saw, it was very common, you know, people would grow up, so to speak, and become an adult. And, and it was, you know, it's just sort of programmed into us to go get a job and be self-sufficient. Well, oftentimes the, the path you get on, it might be because of that parent that was demanding, you know, dad was a doctor or a lawyer and that's what you need to go do and and people were miserable doing that because that wasn't consistent with how they were sort of wired and others would come in to talk to us in our in the job transition program we had created and what their story was is they they did that out of school just go get a job and then they got a promotion opportunity and they moved up and got a little more money and another promotion moved up again. And that all of a sudden became their career path. And here they were 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And the company said, eh, so what? Goodbye. <laughs> and this, this journey they had been on was now gone. And, and the notion of trying to go to the company next door 
similar jobs, similar background, all that. Guess what? They weren't hiring either. So um, it, it, it was that real tragic sense of loss. And my point is, a lot of times I see people that have just somehow been programmed to do what they do work-wise, and they've never really asked that question, is there a deeper, better meaning to, to all this? Yeah, I think for a lot of people, they they tend to emulate what they see, right? And then a lot of people grow up in a, you know, it's, it's obviously very common for most people to grow up in a house where both parents are working a nine to five, they work until they're 65, they <clears> retire, <throat> and then they maybe live 10, 15 years and hope to do the things that they put off doing. And, um, you know, for a lot of us, that's the way we grow up and that's the example we see. So we do the same thing because that's it's comfortable. It's normal to us to do that. And uh, for me personally, that's, that's the way I grew up. Um, I grew up in a scenario where both my parents worked. My father was working. Uh, you know, he would work from dawn to dusk, and I'd see him a couple hours here and there. And uh, for a period of time, that's that's the way I uh, I emulated that as well. Um, but there have been a lot of life events for me. Um, one of which was uh, the passing of my father-in-law, who who worked like one of the hardest working people I've ever met. And he always wanted to take a trip and he put it off until when he retires, he's going to go and never have that chance. And uh, that's a reminder to me that what if, right? What if you don't have that opportunity? You're not going to push it off until hopefully you can do it later. Um, so for me now, I take the culmination of all these lessons I've learned and really try and be the example of possible for people. So you can do whatever you want in life if you believe it's possible. So for me, for my kids, uh, my kids' friends, for other you know people in our circle, just to give them a different perspective of, hey, there's another way that you can live your life and live your best life and have a great time doing it, that you don't have to be stuck to a nine to five and asking permission to be able to go off and see your kid's dance recital. Like you can do these things and it is possible to live this life. So, you know, just, just to be an example of what's possible for people. Where do you think the, the person that wants to go start a business, where do you think they may go wrong in, in defining the right alignment and, and the right uh, reason for starting that business? Uh, as an exceptional question, because the answer to me is purpose. I think that a lot of people get into starting a business to make money. And to me, that's the worst possible reason to start a business. Uh, if you want to start a business to make money, when things get difficult, most people are going to quit or give up or stop caring because it's hard and they're going to go find a nine to five somewhere else where they can just remove the stress and be done. But if you start a business because you have a, a calling, if you have a deep purpose to do the thing that you're going to do, then you're going to care at a whole different, deeper level than anyone else who would just care for the money will. Uh, you're going to really give it a little bit extra and you're going to put your personality into it because it's it's part of who you are and it's part of what you feel called to do. So for me, I think the number one there is is starting a business for purpose, not profit. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, as you and I sit here putting this show together, you probably get asked the same thing I do. It's like, why do you do that? Are you making any money with that show? And, you know, my quick answer is 
Well, you know, yes, I make a little bit, but that's not the reason for doing this show. It's, it, it is about having discussions that can somehow, somewhere, inspire and motivate people to do something different and, and do hopefully something better for their own uh, good and, and the good of those around them. And uh, I was introduced to a phrase not long ago, and I think it sums it up perfectly. The phrase says, the right word from the right person at the right time can change a life. Absolutely. And uh, it's, it's uh, some people think it's probably a little too ethereal to think about that, but I'm guilty as charged. I, I think it is important. I think we all have an opportunity to help change lives around us for the good. And it is a matter of continuing to speak and talk and, and share ideas so that others might just find that right word at the right time so that it can make a difference in their life. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like if it's, uh, I mean, if it's one person somewhere who, who slightly alters the course of their life because they, they heard a conversation and they heard different perspective than they thought before, or they, they saw an example of what might be possible and they decided to go a slightly different route, right? They changed their course by 1%. You know, over the course of months and years, that's going to give them a dramatically different life. And to me, I feel like if that person happens to be a parent or happens to be you know, any uh, influence in their family or community, now you're not just affecting their life, but you're affecting every life that that person touched. So for you and I to sit here and have a conversation about stuff that we're passionate about for an hour can change generations of people's lives that we may never meet. But uh, you know, to me, I feel like, how cool is that? I've got several questions that immediately come to mind, but let me start with the idea of, um, I know when I work with business leaders, business owners, there's a lot of talk about the differences across all the generations that are in the workforce now. Older people in particular struggle with it, although I've coached some younger people who are in positions of authority and they've got older people on their team and they're complaining about the gap in the generation and the way people look at the world. Do you see any difference in the way people need to think about or understand their sense of purpose and why to do the work they do? To some degree, yeah. Um... You know, I think that the quote-unquote older generation was, uh, you know, a bit affected by their parents, right? So all of us, to some degree, are are affected in a large way by the environment we grew up on. So if our parents raised us a certain way, uh, you know, our next generation will be a little bit better. Every generation following is a little bit generally softer and a little bit better. Um, so a lot of the uh, older generation are going to be a little bit jaded in a way based on how they grew up uh, it was typically much stricter right they didn't have to grow up with social media they didn't have to grow up with all the things that we have now as as you know a millennial might so it's a, a bit of a different environment they grew up in that being said uh, i do believe that for the most part everyone really just wants to feel seen heard loved and appreciated and if you can focus on doing those four things for people doesn't matter their age, doesn't matter their role in the company, but if you can make the 
the people in your company or the people who are around you in your life feel those four things, you can get past pretty much anything uh, by really just caring about them as a person. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Business is all about solving complex problems as fast as you can create them. Become the best problem solver by leading others to greatness too. And the first step is going to DougThorpe.com. Doug Thorpe is known globally for coaching entrepreneurs and business leaders, improving their performance and the work output of everyone surrounding them. You can find health, wealth, and happiness by learning to lead others to health, wealth, and happiness. Go to DougThorpe.com now and order Doug's books or hire him to coach your managers. That's Doug, T-H-O-R-P-E.com. When I talk to business leaders and business owners about the generational difference, I tend to be a little bit of a contrarian. I don't think it requires anything particularly special other than a leader needs to have the talk with their people. They need to get to know them. They need to learn about what their whys might be, what their sense of purpose and expectation in the work is about. And if you're the owner of the business or the, the leader of the team, if if you have those discussions and you can be aware of what those people are thinking about their own sense of purpose, then you can do a good job of leveraging that. You can reassign work. You can you know, realign the team to optimize and maximize. And, and I like what you said, Jim, about – you know, being recognized, being appreciated. And the more you genuinely understand what your people are about, the better you can do to align that and create that sense of purpose for them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't think that's so much a, a generational thing. Um, you know, further to your point, like I, I think if you look at generations, there's always going to be a, a stark difference. But that same difference exists between people in the same generation. We all have different uh, cares, core values. And so when you can stop thinking it's just a generational thing, but instead it's a difference of what speaks to you as a person, look at each person as an individual instead of just an entire generation, uh, and really get to know the person, know what makes them tick, what their core values are. Uh, then I think that gives you exactly what you need. And it's not self-serving. Uh, I don't do this so I can know what takes, makes you tick so I can manipulate you to do the thing that I want you to do. Uh, I do it to make sure that when you leave at the end of the day, you feel like the work you did really filled your soul. It filled your cup. It made you feel aligned with the things that matter to you. And uh, if there's too many days that go by, then not that I want you to quit, but want you to be somewhere that's going to be uh, filling to you. And if that's ultimately not the place I'm going, that's fine. But I want the people in my circle to be uh, going in the right direction. Yeah. <clears throat> it, I'm reminded of a situation uh, last year. I was coaching with um, a, a, a younger executive that was moving up in a company, and his boss was feeling challenged in, in managing this person. And when I had a, a three-way meeting with them, one of the things that came out, the older gentleman boss was frustrated that this younger person would bring two telephones to meetings and he would lay them both on the desk there. And 
um, would noticeably kind of, you know, cast an eye to see if anything was bubbling up and <clears throat> didn't necessarily grab them and, you know, start talking or texting or anything, but was obviously from time to time looking at these things. And finally, the the senior manager challenged him on it. He said, why, why are you bringing two phones? One phone's bad enough. We need to have our meeting and be focused and so on. And the young person told him, he said, well, I, I don't talk about this a lot, but I have a child with special needs and they are subject to having convulsions and, and needing immediate medical attention. So my wife and I have commissioned a separate emergency phone if anything happens like that. We don't get lost in the clutter of all, anything else on our primary phone. We we want to use this it, it, sort of like a bat phone, you know, to, to call for the emergency. And he said, I just, I feel compelled to monitor that because it, it can be a literal life and death situation if something happens. And, you know, the senior boss said, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> you know, why didn't you let me know that? And And now, you know, I look at it in a whole different way. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a great point. And I think the tough part there is all of us have these things that we're either embarrassed by or afraid to be vulnerable with. And I'm sure that that's, you know, for that personal, that specific employee rather, uh, that that's probably a large part of their daily struggle that they can, they're concerned with the, the welfare of their own kid. Um, and it might take a lot to open up to a boss or feel like maybe they won't understand, maybe they'll judge me, whatever it is. And, um, you know, I think a, an excellent point you bring up here is that that openness of communication, that transparency and that vulnerability with each other, just to say, hey, this is a thing as a leader I am concerned with. No hate, no judgment, but explain it to me, right? You're not going to feel like I'm instantly going to yell at you, but just tell me why. And, uh, you know, I think establishing that uh, environment of respect and appreciation for each other, where you can have sometimes difficult conversations without the underlying threat of I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, you know, I think doing that and creating that environment for your team is so important because you, you remove that fear of, Oh, I have to hide this from my boss because I'm afraid he's going to yell at me. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Every person had a different childhood growing up, but if you ever had a, a parent who was uh, quick to snap or quick to yell, sometimes you would hide certain things or be afraid to tell them because you were afraid to get in trouble. And um, obviously everyone's got their own style. But yeah. to me, I think when you can create that environment where, hey, listen, I understand sometimes I'm going to have to drop the hammer if something goes wrong. But for the most part, like mutual respect, you know, I think if you create that openness, it serves you so well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One other thing, um, I think that when we talk about this idea of locking in and getting a sense of your purpose and why, I think it's important to periodically revisit that and not necessarily to redefine it, but just see, ask yourself the question, is there anything around me or about me that has changed that I need to account for here? And am I still staying the course? Am I being true to that purpose? 
or have I allowed something to pull me away from the the direction I wish or intend to be going? How how do you talk to people about that? So I agree 100%. I think uh, spending time with yourself in thought is uh, super important. Journaling is very important, uh, especially because it allows you to kind of go back in time a little bit to see what your priorities were uh, and then kind of where you ended up now and then, you know, do a little bit of a post-game recap and say, hey, the decisions I made in the past three months got me here. What could I have done differently? And then take those lessons and apply them to the decisions you make tomorrow. So it's really just, uh, you know, taking time to, I think, uncover, hey, where are you now compared to where you were five years ago? And getting people to realize the place that they're in now is a culmination of every decision that they made over the past five years. So understanding that and taking a look back on, oh yeah, you're right, I did do this, or I did make this decision, or I did decide to do this because it was easier and I was afraid of the conflict, but now I'm struggling with a different problem. Uh, And kind of just going deep on uh, the decisions you make every day and how they uh, uh, accumulate over time helps give them the perspective, I think, to understand where they're going to go. And, uh, you know, like I said before, doing that little bit of daily self-reflection and thinking about what is my goal for today? What did I do great yesterday? What did I do not so great yesterday? And how can I improve upon that so that I finish today closer to where I want to be than I was? And uh, I think when you break it down to that really simple level that you don't have to necessarily understand the entire journey, but if you can figure out like the next step, right, to get 1% better today, to get a little bit closer to your goal, then uh, I think that that is a tremendous help for people. Yeah, I think that's a great word. It, it is so important to start with that sense of the big picture and the purpose and where you're going, but to actually achieve the things that are going to fulfill that sense of purpose. It, it becomes a, a kind of, I'll use the word project planning. You have to break it down into its its likely and usable parts. And as the old saying goes, you know, how to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Right. But to, I think to what you said there, the whole idea of, of looking at that big picture, but picking something specific and be intentional today to do that one thing. And if you can have a, a line of sight on that, know what that is, and then be able to make that happen today, then you can pick another one for tomorrow and, and keep the progress going toward the goal. Right. What other thought on that? Um, I think it's important too to understand that reaching the goal is not the end point. And I think a lot of people misunderstand that. They think that like, once I get this thing or I achieve that thing, then it'll be different or I'll feel different. For the most part, a lot of times people who who do that wind up feeling empty because they waited 10 years to achieve this thing and they finally achieved it. And it's like, all right, now what? Like when you wait all your life to go buy a Lamborghini and you get that Lamborghini and then realize still got to rotate the tires, still got to do the oil change. It's just (laughs) a car at the end of the day. Right. Um, like, and I think a lot of people need to go through that experience at least once to realize reaching your goal doesn't really change you for the better. You're not miraculously a different person. Uh, I think it's it's the relentless pursuit of improvement, 
you know, seeking a better version of yourself and always setting the goal line a little bit further ahead. And when you get really close to it, push yourself a little bit further. So I think, you know, being realistic with your goals and understanding that just because you're going to reach it doesn't mean that you're done. Like you got to really be smart in your goal setting. Yeah, I like that. Well, Jim, I think this has been great. Tell everybody how they can get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more. Sure. Uh, you can find me pretty much on any social media as Jim Sabellico. Uh, I'm pretty much the only one out there. So that's that's option number one or uh, jimspellico.com is option number two. All right. Well, that's great. Well, folks, we will have all that information in the show notes here and uh, in in the case of uh, YouTube, just in the links below. So, uh, Jim, one last time, thank you for uh, for sharing with us. My pleasure. Well, folks, I'm, uh, we are going to wrap this up, and I do want to remind everybody we do have a, a YouTube a video of this over on a channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Hop over there and subscribe or leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And if you or someone you know is interested in being on this show, drop me a line uh, about that. And you can see um, all those contact references uh, in my links down below in the show notes as well. So, Thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure to have you here, and uh, I do hope to see you again real soon. Take care. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.